Hey everybody, it's Bill. That's Lloyd. This is StadiaCast. We're going to be talking about video games here. Lloyd, how are you doing today, sir? You ready? I am doing fantastic, and I am ready to talk about Stadia. We got some great news to talk about today. Yeah, before we actually get started with all of the Stadia news, uh, if you are interested in watching the video version of the show, then head on over to nerdnest.tv, click on subscribe, click on the little bell thing so that you get notified uh, each and every time that we go live, because we do record this show live every single Sunday at 10 a.m. over on that that YouTube channel, nerdnest.tv. Uh, go over there and subscribe, and you can be here with us and the chat and talking about all of the Stadia things. Uh, in addition to that, if you want to support the show, there's a lot of different ways to support. There's a bunch of different buttons down below the video. If you click on those buttons, they'll all tell you how you can support. Uh, but thank you very much. The best way to support the the show is to click the thumbs up button because it really it tells everybody else, hey, this is good stuff. Check it out. It all Definitely. right. Lloyd, what have you been playing, man? Um, it's been a, it's been a big week. Um, Resident Evil 8 demo came out. Uh, we got new pro games. Uh, but at first I'm going to start talking. I did a first look for Disco Elysium on Stadia, uh, which is a role-playing game that I'd heard a lot about. Um, but I never looked into it. There's, there's a lot of games like that where if I'm interested in a game, but I don't want any spoilers, I go on complete and total media blackout. <clears throat> I don't look mm -hmm. at gameplay videos. I don't look at trailers excuse me, I don't look at, at at websites, I don't look at people talking on Twitter. And Disco Elysium was one of those. At, at first, I, I didn't really know much about it, but then it started winning all the awards. Like it won uh, like Best RPG at uh, at the Game Awards, and, and then it just won like all of these uh, individual awards uh, at different game shows, or, or award shows rather. And I was like, okay, this is on my radar. I'm going a media blackout. I want to experience it the first time when I get to play it. Uh, so booted it up on Google Stadia, and holy crap, is that game awesome. Uh, I don't really know what's going on in the game yet, because you wake up and uh, you apparently went on a drunken bender uh, for three days, and you don't know your name, you don't know who you are, you don't realize that you're a police officer, uh, you don't know anything about it. And it looks like it's a game mainly about um, building relationships. Uh, obviously, it's a game about solving the murder and figuring all that stuff out. But it looks like a lot of what you're doing is talking to people um, you based on your base stats that you have, like your intellect or your um, strength, uh, different things come up randomly in this conversation. Um, and every once in a while, you'll have a chance. It's like, I can get more information here, uh, but I got to roll the dice and I only have a 25% chance of of winning this one. Um, so you roll the dice, you, uh, if you, if it succeeds, you, you get some good stuff happening during that conversation. If it doesn't, you might, you might anger the person <laughs> or do a bunch of other stuff. Um, and such a fun game. The, the look at like, everything looks like it's hand painted in oil. Um, the, uh, it, it's not a game for the kids at all because it's, it's very like adult themed in like substance abuse and things like that. Um, but I've, I've just been loving it. Uh, played a little bit of it on my backbone. Uh, I find that the text is way too small uh, to be playing on my phone. Uh, so then I came back and, and played most of it on my on my PC. But man, what an amazing game. Uh, I'm super glad that this came to Stadia. And it's even better now that it got the uh, patch because uh, there was a game breaking bug where you got to a certain point in the game. And you just couldn't go and do anything. Uh, thankfully, that's been fixed here on Google Stadia. But 
Uh, Disco Elysium is just a fun uh, role-playing game. It reminds me a lot of the old Baldur's Gate or TSR Gold Box uh, role-playing games where it's kind of like a top-down three-quarter uh, overhead view uh, with a lot of like character interactions and things like that. But in, in this case, all, all of the voice uh, that I've seen so far has all been voice acted in a really interesting way. So um, yeah, Disco Elysium is pretty decent, man. So what kind of, like, what is the gameplay like? I mean, you said it's a top-down thing, but, like, is there is there combat? Uh, I, I know that I there's conversation trees, but is it just, yep. like, a walking around and talking to people and that's it? So far, uh, about an hour and a half in, I want to say two hours maybe, uh, it's all talking. It's, um, you're trying to figure out what has happened at this, um, you're, you're kind of, like, at a motel or a hotel or apartment building, um, and someone was was murdered and hung outside, and you're trying to figure out what happened here. Uh, both you and your partner, which is like uh, the regional chief of police, uh, that is joining uh, joining you there and um, trying to trying to help you um, on this this case. And uh, it's just it's fantastic. It, it just it really really is. I haven't seen any battles yet. Um, I haven't gotten to any sort of fights or anything um, other than just chatting with people. Uh, it's one of those games where it seems like there's almost an unlimited number of things to look at. Like you're, you go over here and it's like, oh, I'm going to look at this ashtray. And then there's like this monologue about uh, when you use the ashtray the last time or uh, why is there why is there a cigarette that has lipstick on it? Like th that type of stuff um, is, is happening all over the game um, without giving any specifics to any of the actual stuff that's in the game because I don't want to spoil anything. Um, it's it's really good uh there's some questions does it work well with controller um yeah it, it works okay with controller i could see uh mouse and keyboard would be a lot easier um because uh you could click on the uh, on the little there's there's like these little circles that appear and they show you that you can interact with these things uh if you have a mouse and keyboard you just click on them if you were using a controller you have to use your right stick to kind of zone in on the one that you want to investigate then you can hit a to uh to go and look at that stuff out so so it's like um, a point and click adventure um it's more like a role-playing game so if okay. you played if you played like the old tsr role-playing games there'll be like things that you can click on and uh and they give you some more information or you pick them up or you you do stuff with them you can you you use a key to open a door or whatever like mm -hmm. that type of stuff it, it feels very old school but also very new school um based on the um the, the engine and kind of the stuff that's happening like the full the full character acting uh, for for every voice line uh, has been uh, has been a lot of fun. So um, I'm going to be slowly making my way through this game. Uh, this is going to be kind of my uh, my my uh, palate cleanser. I like to have one of those games a lot when when I play other more action or scary games like Resident Evil. When that comes out, I like having a palate cleanser to kind of reset uh, reset my brain a little bit, uh, mm -hmm. so it's not all uh, adrenaline and and fear. Um, so Disco Elysium will be one of those. Although the game seems kind of creepy as well. So there's some other stuff at play. And I do think that stuff at play uh, exists solely in your brain uh, as your character in the game. So um, really, really enjoying it and looking forward to playing more of this, um, which is a very much a, a character based role playing game. Uh, and I just can't wait to see what else happens uh, as, as I make my way further into Disco Elysium. Awesome. Well, you mentioned Resident Evil and we both played the demo yesterday for Resident Evil 8. My my initial thoughts are 
and, and I did a live stream of it. Um, so if you are, you know, if you join the discord, I'm sure you can find the link that'll take you to that live stream. If you want to watch it after the fact, um, my thoughts are I've been playing a lot of resident evil seven. Uh, well, okay. A lot is a relative term. That's the only <laughs> game that I've really played this week because I've been busy, but, uh, I've been playing resident evil seven and Re and now I played the demo for resident evil eight last night. And I got to say that Resident Evil 7, what I've played so far, if I'm just comparing the two, is way, way scarier. Way scarier. Resident Evil 8 feels a little more action-oriented, and I didn't have this impending sense of doom as I was playing uh, Resident Evil 8, whereas with Resident Evil 7, I felt incredibly uncomfortable. And... You know, my wife was was watching uh, my playthrough yesterday, and she she said, "Well, you know, it feels like in Resident Evil Seven, it feels like this is a place that can exist, and with Resident Evil Eight, like there's a there's a castle, and like you're like yeah. I think I believe you're the same character from the previous game, and these like these people are all like." super old school like uh with the these and the thousand and the i don't know like it just doesn't seem believable and i'm, I'm not saying that's a criticism um but my experience is that it just doesn't seem as real and when i was playing resident evil 7 i was like like i can imagine that there's some backwoods uh people that you know, behave like this. Whereas, you know, when you've got vampires and werewolves, it's a little less. Uh, sure. It, does that make sense? <clears throat> yeah, I guess so. Uh, to me, Resident Evil 7 uh, was very much like Resident Evil 2. Um, there was always, you're being chased by someone. You weren't being chased by Mr. X, but there was always someone after you. And there was the odd time where people are busting through walls to get you. And it remind me very much of Resident Evil 2. Um, what I've played of Resident Evil Village, uh, Resident Evil 8, reminds me very much of Resident Evil 4, where it seems like more exploration and plotting in bigger areas. You're not just limited to the inside of a, of a mansion that you're kind of trapped into, like in Resident Evil 7. Um, so I kind of like the, uh, the the difference between the two. Um, it, it very much feels like you're in a land that time forgot. Like you have a... Uh, you have a, a castle with vampires and werewolves. It's like you're you're holed up into some hidden area in Transylvania or something. Um, I, I'm really digging it, though. Um, <clears throat> one thing I got to say about Resident Evil 8, the game has some of the best character models I've ever seen. Oh, my and God, the, it's beautiful. And, and the voice acting, uh, like not not just the voice acting for the voice itself, but the voice acting as it relates to the lips moving and facial character uh, characteristics changing like squinting when they're talking uh blinking uh the movement the, the the motion capture that they did it looks like one of the most believable uh, voice performances in video games that i've ever seen which is amazing and the engine itself just looks um absolutely beautiful um uh, from from top to bottom i've played all of the first demo uh, which is like the village, I think they call it. I can't remember what they call it. Um, and I've only gotten about halfway or maybe not even halfway because the uh, to, to finish the demos, you just have to like open a specific door and it's like, okay, the demo's finished, um, essentially. Um, 
I, I don't know how far away I am with that on the castle. I want to go back to it after uh, we finish recording. Um, it, it's two completely different play styles. Uh, the, the, the first demo is you going around a village. It feels so much like Resident Evil 4 to me. I, 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 I had like GameCube flashbacks when I was walking around and there's like the corn and the and and the scarecrows in the field and stuff like that um but then when you're playing in the mansion it feels to me a lot like resident evil 7 did where there's a lot of smaller rooms there's a lot of locked doors there's a lot of secret things that need uh not apparent keys uh to open uh it looks like there's like here's a here's here's a hole in the wall i guess i gotta find a stone pillar or a stone platter and stick it in there somehow and twist it into a certain area uh, it seems like there's a lot more in, in that, but man, the game looks so good. Um, I was already excited about Resident Evil 8, but playing this demo just um, amped up my excitement level to 11. It the game looks, plays, and um, and just feels uh, like a, a kind of a next gen experience. So um, I'm I'm impressed with how good it looks on Stadia. Um, I want to see some car- comparison videos that uh, people always do to see what it looks like on the Series X, to the PS5, to Stadia, to, to last-gen consoles, uh, because it looks like the Stadia version is quite uh, quite up there in its graphical fidelity. So I want to see what the difference between the kind of the, the next-gen consoles and Stadia looks. But it looks like this might be uh, a really great game to show off the power of what uh, Google Stadia can do. Right, and, you know, speaking of what, what Stadia can do, like... It's it's really amazing that Capcom can tweet out a link, and it, it, you don't have to have a pro account. You don't yeah. have to buy anything. You can just click no, that no link. No credit card. Yeah, you can just <laughs> click that link. If you've never used Stadia before, make a username, click like four or five checkboxes, and play the demo right then. That is absolutely amazing, and it is the best advertisement for why cloud gaming is so good. Now you talked about the graphics. Um, I have to agree. This is the most gorgeous looking game. I think I've ever seen. Um, Capcom has nailed it. Everything looks fantastic. Um, and I just, I was blown away by the graphical fidelity. Now I don't really care what the, what, what the K's are or what the, the frame rate is. All I know is that it looked really, really good, mm-hmm. and it played really, really smooth. Like, there were no hiccups as I was turning, no f- dropped frames or anything. Everything was yeah. smooth and felt really great. Um, yeah. As far as the gameplay itself, I'm, you know, I said, I, I it seemed like before I was kind of saying, uh, you know, Resident Evil 8's not as good as Resident Evil 7. That's not what I mean. What I mean to say is that it's not as scary, but I'm more excited to play Resident Evil 8 than Resident Evil 7. And the reason is because I feel like I can actually play this game for an extended period of time. Whereas with Resident Evil 7, I play for a half hour and I'm like, yeah, okay, <laughs> screw you. I'm done. I'm not playing anymore. You all, I'm, you all sweat through your shirt and yeah. uh, you have to like get some some napkins to clean your face and all that yeah I, I get it resident evil 7 is a very uh creepy uh at all times game where you, you feel like there's impending doom around every single corner right and then with eight i feel like okay i can play this for a while and i was really enjoying myself and 
so you know how earlier you said that you know with Dis- disco elysium you kind of went on like a media blackout a- avoiding all information about it i kind of yep. did the same thing with resident evil 8 and i know that there were a lot of people who were excited for the tall woman right they were like oh man she's so cool and i saw a screenshot at one point that showed her and i just assumed that my character was laying on the ground but no <laughs> she's actually like really tall when i first walked into the room and saw her and she had to like fold herself in half to walk through a doorway i was like oh my god that's so weird like i that was unexpected <laughs> and like there's other giant people like Andre the Giant or bigger sized people in the yeah. game as well. Uh, and like <laughs> there's different mechanics in the game where obviously there's crafting and there's always kind of been crafting in these games, but you also have like um, trinkets that you can get or treasure, I guess. And you could take yep. that stuff and you can trade it for, um, you know, upgraded weapons and stuff like that. So there's a little bit of almost yep. RPG-ness to this one and I, I don't know maybe that stuff exists in resident evil 7 but i'm not there yet but i'm really impressed with it and uh i think that this game is really something special and it shows off how awesome cloud gaming is because you could just click a link with no with nothing else and start playing a game immediately yeah. that is so cool yeah um the the tall vampire lady she's nine and a half feet tall so she she's a she's she's a big girl uh, in the game. So I'm sure that will uh, that'll come into play at some very scary points when she's looking over walls and you can't see anything. And then she kind of peers over or something. I'm sure there's <laughs> going to be some some creepiness that's going to show just the the difference in scale between whatever those vampire ladies are or whatever they are uh, compared to uh, us as normal humans with uh, healing herbs, uh, sprays, and not enough uh handgun gun ammo to uh make your way from point a to point b as every resident evil kind of devolves into yeah i i want to talk about the demo like just the the idea of how the demo works a little bit uh Mm -hmm. so basically you turn it on and uh it's like you have two demos that you can play through there's the village and then there's the castle and they did a time limitation on it so you only have an hour to play and I think that that was cool, but I almost wish that they had taken that choice away from me and just said, okay, you have a half an hour to play this one. Okay, you're done right. with that one. Now play the other one for a half an hour. Because as I was doing the live stream, uh, we were going through the... Uh, I was playing through the village part, and I didn't finish the village part. I did finish the castle part. So we ended up finishing opposite ones. But uh, nice. I just had gotten to the point where... Uh, like something awful had happened in the castle part and the story was really starting to uh, pick up steam and be very interesting. Like as as I was playing, I was like, Oh, this is really intriguing. I wonder what's happening here. But like the whole time I was nagged by, all right, I got to look at my clock because I got to make sure that I have time to play the other part as well. And that like, that was a little frustrating uh, so I wish that they hadn't done it that way. I'm all for a time limit, but just, you know, make it a separate time limit for each part. But I ended up finishing the castle part. Uh, as I was playing through that, like there was a character, and I, I'm I'm not going to spoil it for anybody. There was a character that I clearly could not injure. 
Like I could not injure this character no matter what I did. And it was very confusing and frustrating to me because it was basically, it turned out my job is just to run away. And uh, it Mm -hmm. took me too long to figure that part out. And that was a little frustrating. Uh, And I wish that there had been like, I don't know, some kind of prompt that says you're wasting your time. You can't hurt this person. (laughs) Just run. Uh, because I, I get what they did. They, this person is there in order to you know, try and push the player forward. Uh, and I wish that there was, I don't know, so, some indicator that said, just get, get the hell out of Dodge, man, because you're right. not going to be able to take this person down with your stupid little knife. Which, by the way, I don't know about you, Lloyd, but the knife seemed more powerful than the gun. That's that's how it always is in Resident Evil, at least the last few Resident Evils, where the knife can always kill things faster than your bullets, but you put yourself in danger when you get close to someone and try to use the knife. So it's kind of a risk risk reward kind of thing. Uh, and it's good if you're trying to keep your, your ammo supply uh, higher than I always do, because I just fire off random shots and I'm like, OK, now I'm out of bullets. So now I'm stuck. Um, but yeah, getting getting the knife and, and using that stuff is great. Um one thing I got to point out as uh, exceptional, um, there's a big um, there's a big part of the village demo where all of a sudden a fire starts, and that has to be the most realistic looking fire oh, I've man. ever seen in a video game. Like, I, I I just can't get over how amazing this engine looks and runs. And as you said earlier, Bill, there's no hitches. There's no like when you when you turn left or right, there's no there's no like one or two frame drop as things start turning. It just seems like uh, the game is super high resolution, super high frame rate, and it just looks beautiful. Um, I, I just, I, I can't wait for the final game to ship and see how this whole thing plays out on Stadia. But man, I'm, I'm really excited about the ability to play this game on cloud gaming and have it look just as good as, as one of the new next gen consoles um, for, for the most part, from what I've seen. Now, my last question before we move on to other topics about, you know, as somebody who's played a bunch of Resident Evil, and I have a question as a non-Resident Evil player, um, I think the only one that I had played, I, I, had, I had played Resident Evil 2 Remake on PS4, I had right. played Resident Evil Code Veronica on the Dreamcast, I believe, way back in the oh. day, and uh, I think I tried the very first one on the PlayStation for about 10 minutes and that's my total experience with it and we all know that i don't finish games so i didn't finish any of those um (laughs) i feel like as i'm playing both seven and eight that the shooting is intentionally difficult like it's Mm. is it do you feel is that a normal resident evil thing or maybe i just suck at the game because like i aim and i'm like all right i'm gonna shoot him and then i friggin miss and i blow through all my bullets so fast and it makes me really mad <laughs> yeah yeah that that's kind of been a, a staple of resident evil i i can remember i think it was resident evil 2 finally felt like you had some really good gunplay compared to one uh, but then when you look back at it now like the original resident evil 2 it was trash um but you didn't know better because you played the first one and it was even more trash uh for for controlling all that stuff um all the resident evils are kind of like that uh, okay. where they amp the uh the the drama and the anxiety by making it hard to aim like it seems like your your gun is always all over the place um even when you're when you're when you're adsing uh, mm-hmm. aiming down the sights your 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 gun is still moving so you're missing your headshots and things like that 
um, that that's kind of a staple for Resident Evil. So this is uh, par for the course there. All right, that's good to know because I thought it was a either a I'm just getting old and getting worse at this kind of thing, or B. <laughs> Like it was a latency issue, and I was like, oh, I hope it's not a latency issue. But yeah, I felt no. like I was just being bad at aiming. But I, I also felt like they were doing that on purpose because, let's be honest, if one of these things is coming at you, you're yeah. not going to be like, you're not going to be cool, calm, and collected. You're going to be struggling with how how to react. So, um, yeah, that's that's good to know <laughs> that it's a, a a staple with the Resident Evil series. Yeah, All right. I think they use it as a way to kind of amp the like how anxious your character in game is yeah. feeling because mm -hmm. your your adrenaline is always uh, up at eleven, uh, and you're you're trying to to squeeze out a couple rounds into a big shambling zombie crossed with Frankenstein like in the uh, the village part of the demo, and it's just like okay, I can't hit these headshots because I'm I'm too I'm freaking out too much, I guess. Yeah, um, you also played Floor Kids. What? Uh, how, yeah. How, how are you feeling about that? So um, I, 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 today of all, all days, I, I claimed my pro titles. I had forgot to do that yesterday. Um, so I quickly jumped into about uh, 25 minutes of Floor Kids. And uh, I, I played it on Switch. I love Floor Kids. I completely love the idea behind the game. Uh, I was always a fan of breakdancing when I was a young, like when I was young, breakdancing was new. And that's all you saw on TV, on music channels and things like that. I can't break dance, uh, but I always loved watching other people do it. Uh, and Floor Kids is essentially a breakdancing simulator. Uh, it's a rhythm action game where you're not really penalized by uh, not hitting every single beat uh, directly on the mark. There's a lot of freestyle elements to it, just like when you're breakdancing. Um, mm -hmm. So I played uh, the first couple levels on Stadia, and it's such a fun game. I, I, I understand there might be some people that don't like that style of rhythm action game. Um, but I really love rhythm action where you're not penalized by having to hit the button on the specific frame that the game expects you to do it. Uh, Avicii in Vector on Stadia, um, it's not a Stadia issue. It's it's a game issue. It, it's very much you have to hit the button at the very second that it expects you to. Um, where Floor Kids is kind of at the other end of the spectrum where you have a lot of freedom to how you want to uh, how you want to bust bust your move. Uh, do you want to just do uh, normal low low ground kind of moves and and just keep doing that for the whole of the game and then eventually do uh, the things that the crowds are calling for if they're asking for like a windmill or something uh, you can do that um, or you can be crazy and just kind of go all over the place um, it performs so well on on stadia and it's been super great to uh, to hear some of the music from this game again in, in my headphones because I love the soundtrack to uh, Floor Kids. So what a great get for Stadia. I, I understand that people look at it and it's like, but it's all it's all hand. It's like hand drawn. Like, what is this this stuff? Give it give it a try. Play through it. It is uh, definitely a unique rhythm action game. And if you have any sort of um, if you have any sort of love for Kind of like the the whole beatbox and and uh, and and breakdancing worlds through the music, the culture, whatever. There's enough of that kind of steeped in this game where you'll find a little bit of enjoyment from it. Yeah, I'm definitely going to check it out. I probably wouldn't have paid money for it, but since it's part of Stadia Pro, I may as well. Like, there's exactly. no good reason for me not to try it. So, and maybe it's absolutely going to grab me. We will find out. All right, let's move on to the news this week. Uh, first off. 
uh, I know that everybody wants us to talk about Search Bar. We will get there as soon as we can. Uh, they did a This Week in Stadia thing, and uh, we've got our pro games, including Floor Kids, also Hotline Miami 2 and Trine 4. Um, I, I'm not really... I mean, Trine 4 is is cool. Hotline Miami, eh, it's okay, I guess. Floor yeah. Kids, I'll try. I'm not excited about any of these, but... I think I I I like that uh, we got three more games this month, and actually, yeah. there's going to be a fourth one. Now, mm. it always bothers me. Like Google <laughs> had did an interview a while back. Uh, I think it was with um, Eurogamer or something. No, the Escapist, I believe. And okay. they said, "No, no, we're done pre-announcing things." And then they pre-announced <laughs> something. So here's yeah. my prediction everybody um the people are going to predict that game x is going to be the game and then when it's some other game they're going to be mad yeah and no matter what happens no matter what game it is there are going to be mad people they're going to be people who are angry about this (laughs) because the thing that they want to happen isn't what happens like i guarantee like they said and stay tuned next week to next week's this week on Stadia, but that's a weird sentence uh, to find out what the other game is coming to pro. And I know right. that there are people that are like, was oh, it GTA five? Is it, um, uh, uh what's it's the Fortnite, other, isn't it? It's, it's gotta it be Fortnite. Fortnite? And, and <laughs> if it's not those games, there's going to be people yeah. like, well, this is stupid. I can't, you know, and it just drives me crazy. Google, you yeah. said you were done pre-announcing things. Why are you pre-announcing things? Just shadow drop it and surprise yeah. people. I I can't agree more with that. Don't pre-announce the announcement. Just announce the announcement. Or better yet, don't even announce it. Just drop a game and then say, "Oh yeah, you guys all found we we added a we added a fourth game in in May. It's blah." And and do that days after. You don't have to do it the same day. Let people kind of um, be excited and and live in that excitement for a little bit. Um, there, there's some interesting theories for what's going to be the fourth game. Of course, everyone's saying Ark because mm-hmm. we know that's coming. We know it's going to be a pro title. Uh, but there was a uh, an ESRB, I believe. Uh, let me see. I think it was an ESRB listing for, uh, yeah, it was ESRB for Rainbow Six Siege. Um, being rated for Stadia, and there's going to be a big event on the 4th of May talking about Rainbow Six Siege. So now everybody's saying, "Oh, it's got to be Rainbow Six," and that's right. why they waited. That's why they waited. Uh, we're getting kind of a next-gen looking version of Rainbow Six uh, to go with the PS5 and the Xbox Series version. I could see that. Maybe uh, that seems like a really big game to uh, have as a freebie uh, because that oh, game yeah. is still crazy popular. But uh, yeah, we'll we'll wait. We'll we'll see next week what the actual announcement is. But um, sometimes the uh, the talking about the announcement is more fun than the announcement, uh, even though there probably shouldn't have been. It should just been stealth drop. But you can sometimes get fun from all that stuff. I have fun with it, but other people get mad. That that's <laughs> yeah. all I'm saying is people get mad. So people don't get mad. Um, get glad, not a sponsor. Uh, so in addition to that, they also had, had said that state share is now in uh serious Sam four. Uh, so they said today in serious Sam four, a new update adds the state share support. This allows players to create game states where you finish a, when you finish a round of the survival game mode on any of the three available maps, 
sharing a screenshot of the game state when you finish the round allows you to enjoy uh, I'm sorry it allows you to invite your players to play the same mode on the same map and challenge them to match or beat your time this is really really cool I don't yeah. know how many people are excited about Serious Sam 4 it didn't really land well with me I I thought that it was interesting when I first played it but there was nothing in the back of my mind was saying, Hey, you should get back to serious Sam four. You know what I mean? Sure. Yep. Um, but this is really cool. Like being able to say, all right, I've got my time, go ahead and beat my time. And you could just share that as a screenshot. That's really cool. I love that kind yep. of thing. Are you going to, are you going to be doing this or, I mean, cause you were always a serious Sam guy far more than I was. Um, I love the original games when they first came out just because of the sheer insanity with the number of uh, enemies that were on screen back in like the 486 uh, Pentium uh, P75 uh, Pentium 75 or Pentium 100 or whatever I had at that time. It's like, oh, my God, this game looks so good compared to everything else. <laughs> and it really looked the same. It just had more sprites on screen um, or more 3D objects on screen, I guess. Um, I don't own Sirius Sam 4, so I'm unlikely to check it out. Is pro game? Uh, no, Serious Sam Collection was a pro. Oh, game. that's right. So, um, if it if it comes as a pro title or if it gets a sale, I might dip into it. Um, but I love the thought of using State Share as a hey, beat my score. Um, it, it's even better if the the image that you're taking a, a shot of has your score on it, so mm -hmm. people know exactly what they have to beat. Uh, I think that's going to be a really cool uh, use for um, for State Share. And I, I can't wait to see other games. Um, th but this is exciting. This is now two games in the last two weeks that have been patched to support state share or crowd play, uh, other features, other Stadia features. Uh, I hope we continue to get that stuff where we get an older game that is multi-platform, but then all of a sudden we get some um, Stadia exclusive features through state share and, and crowd play and stream connect and, and all that other stuff that uh, we have access to on Google Stadia's platform. Absolutely. I, I like that. It, it, and you know, it's exciting to me when a game comes out and it features uh, Stadia specific features. That's a bad sentence. Um, but it's even <laughs> cooler when it's patched after the fact, because that means that the publisher has said, all right, well, we're done and we could just, we've got your money. We could move on. Right. Or we could make it even more enticing and keep working on it. And I always think that that's a really, really good thing uh, to do. So I think that that's awesome and uh, very interesting uh, as well. Yep. All right. Um, let's talk about search. All right. We finally, <laughs> we finally, we finally can search the store in Stadia. Oh, my God. So much better. Stadia has got to be a perfect platform now because we can search that was all everybody was waiting for right that's all you heard people complain about was you can't even search well then it must be a perfect platform uh internet pundits that are writing <laughs> uh stadia articles uh i have to say that it, it it's it now it, predictably people have used it as a way to make fun of stadia because like they're searching for games that they know are not on stadia and then screenshotting it and posting it to twitter um because you know, negativity gets clicks. Um, although, you know, I was a little negative with mine too. Like I took a screenshot of me searching for finally, uh, because it <laughs> took so long and I tweeted right. that, but mine was, I don't know. I feel like mine is good natured and theirs is just mean, but who, who cares? Maybe they're just being good natured too. 
Uh, but for, go ahead. I was going to say for me, the search is is great. Um, being able to search the store and search your library is is fantastic. Um, for me, what's even better is the new UI uh, for your library, adding things to family share, uh, even the main page now where you don't have uh, like someone that has like 100 plus games in their library like I do. It takes 10 minutes to scroll to the bottom of the window, it feels like when you're just trying to get to the screenshots. And now they have uh, three icons and then view all your games or three screenshots, view all your screenshots. It's a much more um human friendly way uh to uh to interact with the stadia's main website um so yeah i i really i really dig it absolutely and honestly i really hope that this ui uh kind of propagates to the chromecast because honestly i don't use the website like ever i never use the website except if i'm looking to grab a uh a, a um a screenshot for like, if I'll take a screenshot and, and use that uh, as like a thumbnail for YouTube or something, I never use the website, but uh, I use the Chrome, the Chromecast all the time. And it still has the, the, like one of the worst UIs I've ever seen. Uh, yeah. You can see some of my state shares are down here for judgment. I don't really get how the state shares work in that game. That's confusing to me, but that's another game that <laughs> recently got state share because like it shares, like what chapter you're in. Okay. Yep. Cool. I guess, uh, I, I guess <laughs> skip me to the end of the game so that I can see the end. I don't know. It's, it's interesting. Uh, but I like that. I like that. We now have search. What I think is far more interesting than both the new UI and search is this activity feed, which we don't have yet, but is on its way. Yeah. Uh, basically it is like a reverse it's- chronological order of the things that you have recently done on Stadia, be it your your achievements, your um, uh, your screenshots, your captures, uh, all of that stuff is all in your activity, and you can like you can say, all right, well, I'm going to post a capture, and then you can follow your friends, and you can yeah. look at your friends' activity feed and see the stuff that they did. So, like Lloyd and I could could look at each other's uh, activity feed and he could have posted as a state share for judgment or something uh, yep. or no, uh, even better yet for um, monster uh, monster boy, because you did that. You did that state share <laughs> gameplay loop where people we should, were using. We should talk about that for a second. Yeah. Okay. Um, Go ahead and tell people what you did. Cause it was, it was hilarious. <laughs> So last Sunday, I did a I did a stream of of Monster Boy because they added the crowd choice thing. So every 15 minutes, a uh, poll pops up where someone can say, hey, I want to give uh, this person that's playing uh, um, an elixir, some hearts or money. Um, but if you get down to one heart, it immediately triggers that because they want people to be able to help you and get on. Uh, but someone in the chat room and I'm blanking on the name. So my apologies to that person said, hey. You know that if you state share, your money goes too. So you can just stay at one heart, have the the audience keep voting for money, and then you can you can release a state share that that gives people a big chunk of money. So I was like, that's a great idea. Let's do that. And then people are posting on Twitter and in Discord. Lloyd's giving away five hundred dollars. Click here to see what uh, <laughs> what's happening, uh, which was pretty funny. I was giving away five hundred gold, not not dollars. Um, but what a cool usage of state share where. Uh, you can share it out um, when you load a state share. It becomes one of your save games or one of your save um, um, slots. Uh, 
slots. There you go. That's the word I was looking for. Um, where then people can continue on right from where you left off. Um, what a cool way to use uh, the state share functionality in this game. And like I said, I, I hope so many other games on Stadia take full advantage of state share because I could see that being uh, huge for a while um, because it's uh, it's a good way to kind of share progress um, and and beat games together with your friends. Yeah, and and uh, just I wanted to correct something that you said, you, not that you said on the podcast, but something that you said to to me the other day when you were doing the stream is you're like, mm-hmm. oh, I almost forgot that I had to play in the browser. You don't have to play in the browser in order to turn that stuff on. You can mm-hmm. use the Chromecast, but then open Stadia in the browser and turn all of that stuff on and then still be able to play on the Chromecast. So that's yeah. another thing that a lot of people don't know. Yeah, I was trying to make that work and it just wasn't it wasn't working for me for whatever reason. So I was just like, you know what? I don't want to I don't want to troubleshoot this anymore. So I just went completely to playing on the browser. But yeah, it would be it would make it would, it would be a nice thing if that UI uh, was a little bit easier to use <laughs> to get all that stuff sorted out. Um, but uh, I mean, that that stuff will come in time, I'm sure. Absolutely. All right. You 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 said the magic word UI. We should go back to the um, the uh, activity feed. I think it's, that this is awesome, and I can't wait to see um, like all of the cool things that you can do with the UI. Now that you're yeah. including things like state share and uh, things like that into yeah. like this reverse chronological timeline, this is going to be so cool. It's it's very much what um, PlayStation had in for PlayStation Four, which I I have friends that would read that all the time. They would look to see what everybody else is doing. Um, I. I didn't really do that as much as some some people, but there's people that lived in that activity view to see what their friends are playing, finding new games and things like that. Uh, this one seems more like a mini social network where you're mm-hmm. posting your own screenshots. People can comment on them or uh, they can comment by adding an emoji to your uh, to your post. It seems uh, doesn't look like there's actual commenting, um, but it also looks like some of these things will show up. Um, based on the the games that you like like the for the cause in the wild masks screenshot it says because you follow immortals phoenix rising so you're seeing this post because you follow a games um page i guess um so it seems like it's kind of a mixture between uh the what playstation 4 did but also what uh nintendo switch is doing with the news channel um i really like it i want to see where this goes um if this is going to be a good way to to find and 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 share um state shares or just a way to find games or find people to play with uh i think this is sorely needed with stadia so it's good to see them working on it even though this is just a a concept for what the Mm -hmm. future product could be i like the way they're going with this yeah and then they also said uh a real quick you can also now delete multiple uh clips and screenshots uh like instead of doing them one at a time you can select a bunch of them and throw (laughs) them away which is i mean look when we first got the controller and we weren't used to it, we hit the capture button about 400 times and there's a lot of stupid captures that we can now delete. Uh, yeah. So that's awesome. Uh, they also said that you can now on an Android phone, you can just play it straight from the browser without going into the app. Uh, and then yeah. the last thing that they said in this post is we hope you've enjoyed seeing just a few of the updates planned for Stadia. And it will of course be sharing more games and refinements soon. Uh, we look forward to gaming with you in 2021. Uh, that's yeah. very exciting to me. The idea mm-hmm. that there's more changes coming to the UI. 
Uh, I think that that's one of the Stadia's weakest points is the UI, and uh, it's it's probably also the easiest to fix. Yeah, uh, and I like I, I think that uh, it's a big deal. So I'm yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Anything else to add before we move on to some more zombies? <laughs> I was just I was laughing at the bulk deletes. I was when that was announced, I was like, I'll never use that, but cool for people that would. Uh, but when I was doing my uh, my stream of monster. I, I didn't realize that I had the option turned off to pop up or to turn off the pop-ups. So I'm hitting the screenshot button and there's no screenshot happening. So I'm like looking at my controller and I'm not screenshotting. I'm like, what the hell? So I click on the browser with my with my mouse and I'm hitting F12 a bunch of times and I'm not getting any pop-ups. I'm like, that's weird. Screenshots are broken in this game. I don't know if it's my session or whatever. No, it was just that I had turned off the pop-ups, so I didn't realize. So I had like 50 different screenshots that I had to go in there and delete, <laughs> uh, all from my state share with Monster Boy. So uh, it is useful, even though I didn't realize that I would be using it this soon. Speaking of pop-ups, I'm going to complain for a moment and hope that somebody hears me. Please make it so that I can turn off achievements so that they don't interrupt gameplay by putting a little thing up on top of my screen. I can't stand that. I'm all for achievements. <laughs> I can go to a list and see what I've done. I don't need to be told when I get one. All right, soapbox over. Uh, we've got some old zombies coming back. Uh, this is coming to us from cooptimus.com. Uh, the House of the Dead remake with high-res textures and models uh, from Sega is mm. apparently coming to both Nintendo Switch and Stadia. And my my the, the, the thing that I... First off, I loved House of the Dead... It yep. was so much fun. I cannot imagine playing that game without a light gun. Like what? Why would you? Are you interested in playing this game without a light gun, Lloyd? I am. I am. Really? I loved. Uh, I loved House of the Dead. Um, I've played a bunch of these shooters on like the Nintendo Wii, <laughs> uh, or maybe the Wii is a bad example because you could use your your Wii mode as a as as a light gun, but PlayStation. Um, so you, you just use your, your cursor, uh, using a, a thumbstick to, to move it around. Uh, it's still a lot of fun. I, I have so many memories of playing these games in the arcade, like, uh, um, all, all the different, uh, shooters where you'd be hitting a pedal to pop up and shoot and then drop back down and things like that. Um, obviously it's not the same without using a light gun, but, uh, I, I'm fully willing to play this game over again using, uh, analog control with an analog stick. Yeah, I maybe I have like um bad memories of playing uh lethal enforcers on the Sega Genesis and we didn't have right. a light gun so it was cursor mode. That was terrible. And so for me, you know, Jerome in chat has said exactly what I'm thinking. No light <laughs> gun, no play. I'm not playing the game without a light gun. Now on the Switch, like they can fake a light gun with the gyroscope in the in the uh, in the Wii remotes, yep. and um, you know because you can hold just one Wii remote in your in your hand and it's not the whole controller that makes more sense. So maybe I would play it on there, but it's still it's not like a gun, and you want it to be like a gun. Although man, you just brought me back way back to to my like my arcade days where I was an arcade rat, and you would go in and uh, put in uh, so many quarters into Time Crisis with that, yep. where you step on the pedal in order to to duck down or... or oh, so good. Yeah, such a great game. I wish I wish light gun games were still a thing. I, hmm. 
I, I wish that like the, the light guns don't work because of the current technology. I think that they make ones that do now, but they do. The whole like genre has just I don't know uh, vanished, and yep. uh, that's that's really too bad. Yeah, they were their light gun games are very um, they they use the uh, the time it takes for the actual like photon laser in in a tube TV to draw the screen from top to bottom and they use that timing so uh, they could tell where you shot because they 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 can light things up and and based on how it's drawing in the raster uh, modern TVs update the whole screen at 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 various intervals it's not always a full uh, a full refresh so having a light gun that works that way is going to be really tough there's a lot of um retro companies that are making light guns that will work on lcds using uh different different technology so uh they're possible on modern screens but there's nothing nothing better than using an old tube tv and hooking up your your nes mm -hmm. zapper and playing duck hunts it's just such a such an amazing time uh playing those in my youth and even going back to it now is is a heck of a lot of fun i also really love the sound that the nes zapper makes when you oh. pull that trigger it's such a chink, 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 yeah chink, such a distinct chink. sound i'm not getting mine off the shelf because it's you know the wire and everything um real quick uh, somebody in chat said uh that i'll i'm waiting for it on the oculus quest yes yeah. that would be amazing would be why are they bringing it to switch and stadia and not and not <laughs> oculus where where that would be perfect all it right would be uh, speaking of shooting guns, uh, Outriders apparently got patched, and yeah. Square Enix said nothing yet again. This is so... What is up with you, Square Enix? So first, I... you launch the game. It's broken uh, everywhere. Uh, it's especially broken on Stadia because your patch is behind. You don't tell anybody anything for a very long time, leaving people wondering... Um, did we just get robbed or something? <laughs> and then finally you're like, oh yeah. And then we'll, we're going to patch it next week. And then Friday comes nothing. And yeah. then finally they patch it, but then they don't tell anybody. <laughs> and and yeah, it's not it's... like when you go to start a game on, like if I go to start a game on steam or on my Nintendo switch or on a PlayStation or on an Xbox, it's like, Hey, you need to update your game. So I have right. to hit that button. One of the advantages of Stadia is that you don't have to update your game. And I think we talked about this a while back. That means that we never find out about these patches unless we're following <laughs> the the uh, company like on social media or something. Uh, so first off, Stadia needs a way to tell you that this game has been patched. Maybe like a little badge on, yeah. uh, on the icon or so you can click that and tell me, oh, these are the patch notes. And... Square Enix, you should be telling everybody that you patched the game because if you made it better, well, maybe they made it worse. I don't know. If you made it better, then that would make a lot of sense to let everybody know. What are your thoughts on this, Lloyd? Yeah, I, I just booted up um, the game actually just to look in to see if there's like it doesn't even show the game version anymore on kind of the loading screen. So I don't even know what version we're at, uh, which is very bizarre because at first it was always at the bottom of the screen and it was always V1.0.0 on, on Stadia. So that's obviously changed now, which is, which is great. I, um, I believe yeah. people are saying that it's 1.04.00 is the Stadia version right now, which is still behind the other versions. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I was just 
dipping in real quick to see what the actual version number is. Um, I I wish like one of the best features of PlayStation uh, to me and for PlayStation 4 was the ability to bring up patch notes to see exactly what was added when a patch happens. Um, that is easy to do on on PlayStation because you know when there's a patch coming because you had to download it. On Stadia, having patch notes and like you said, a little badge saying that it was updated since the last time you played it even like that badge can go away once you've started a game, mm-hmm. uh, but have it there um, like a little pro uh, badge, um, but um, say a fresh, fresh update. And if For you patch. click on that, yeah, whatever, whatever it is, um, you click on it, then it shows you what was in that patch note. That would be uh, just amazing. I would love, love that. Um, but yeah, this, this whole Outriders thing is just so weird. Like we, we had, um, we, we had radio silence from the, the developers and the publisher forever. And then all of a sudden it just showed up at the end of a, of, of a blog post saying, yeah, we're working on the Stadia version and we plan to have it done next week. It's like, well, that is the first time you've even mentioned the word Stadia on your Twitter, on, on your website, on any communications that you're doing. Um, it's just so so bizarre that there's no communication about this one version of of the game. Like, it, did they not want to bring it to Stadia, but they were con- contractually ob- obliged to do it? Uh, were they? Was everything else just such a steaming pile of smoldering uh, rubble that they had to do everything to fix that first, and then they were able to move it over? Like, we don't we don't even really know. But um, I I don't like I don't like the fact that people bought a game and they had zero communication about how the game was going to get fixed because Outriders at launch was not fully playable on Stadia. It was a framey mess. Um, the servers were up and down and you have all these people that paid 80 bucks in Canada or $60 in the US for a game and they don't even know if they're going to be able to play it in the near future. And at a month, you can't even refund it anymore because it's way past the, mm-hmm. the refund point. Um, I, I hope that this is just like a one-off and we get better communication from here on out uh, because that is just a terrible way for uh, for a publisher to to treat their customers. Um, a lot of people are saying that this is squarely on Google's uh, footsteps or, or, or uh, Google's um, doorstep rather uh, that it's their fault. They're, they're the they're the store owner. They should be communicating. And to me, I don't agree with that. It's the developers make the game. The publishers publish the game. They're the ones that have to communicate with the end users. Um, well, Google can say, yes, we're working with our publishers to make sure that we have something that works. Uh, it is up to the developers or publishers to say, yes, a patch is coming. We anticipate it'll be here first week of May. It's going to fix all these things. Um, that's the communication we need. And sadly, we didn't get it without writers. And I would agree with you that it is on the publisher and the developer to be in charge of the communication. However, I do think that Google should have said, uh, no, you are not launching this game on our platform because it's not done. Like they, they should have done a lot check and said, nope, you're not doing it. The same thing should have happened like with Cyberpunk 2077 on PlayStation and Xbox where they yeah. said, you know what? This isn't good enough. We're yanking it and we're going to offer yeah. everybody refunds. Like that kind of thing should have happened with Outriders the refund part should have definitely happened. Like right. after the fact, they could have said, okay, obviously there's a lot of you that are not happy. 
we've extended the two week and two hour refund period to whatever. No, no questions asked. If you want to refund Outriders, you can go do that right now. Um, sadly, that that didn't happen. I, but I did load it up this morning for just a little bit, not not long enough to make any real progress or anything. And I haven't played it in, I don't know, probably been a couple weeks because I I said, I'm waiting for a patch. Yep. And, uh, you know, I played it a little bit and I feel like it did feel smoother. Now, I'm not sure yeah. because I hadn't played it like pre-patch five minutes before, <laughs> right, uh, right. but it felt a lot smoother. However, if I turned the camera real fast, like not like you do, like, okay, so... If you're playing a, uh, a shooter, you tend to turn the camera a little bit like this, just a little bit left and a little bit right over time. But if I just do a hard crank on the uh, on the right stick to spin around completely, you know those frames that you were talking about falling off uh, in that, that doesn't happen in Resident Evil 8? It's still yeah. happening in Outriders. And I am one of those people who is extremely forgiving of frame rate issues I tend not to notice them too badly. It's still not really good. Uh, so yeah. I still think that it needs more time to cook. Um, Definitely. But it's better than it was before, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I, I've played a, I've played a lot of Outriders on Xbox. Uh, that was where I was playing uh, the bulk of my gameplay. Just because there was no cross-play, the patch was not there on Stadia. Um, so I'm like level 19 or 18 or whatever on, on Xbox. And then I, I, I just booted up the Stadia version and I'm level four and I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. There's no cross progression. Oh, oh no, I'm going to have to start again. Um, so I'm going to be starting uh, my character over, I think, on uh, on the Stadia version so I can play through this one uh, on, on this platform. Well, you got to play as a different class. Yeah, that's what I'll do. I won't be a pyromancer this time. I'll be uh, whatever the trickster or whatever, whatever the other classes are. I'll choose something new. All right, let's uh, move on to the super chats. These are the the, the messages that people said. I absolutely 100% want to make sure that you see my message. So thank you very much for supporting the show. Uh, let's start with Patrick uh, Kajaran. Uh, he sent in a super chat for five bucks. Uh, no message, but a cool little animated game controller guy saying <laughs> critical hit. I love that. That's really cool looking. I've never seen that one before. It's ne- neither have I. I. I don't. I've never used these super chats really, so I never get to see what these things look like, um, like all of the different options. So that one's really cool. Uh, thank you very much, Patrick, for supporting the channel. Consino sent in a message, or no message, for a $20 super chat. Thank you very much for supporting at that level. We really do appreciate that. No message there. But then he did another one for five and asked for our thoughts on the Sky Climbers Stadia post and just that whole story of Sky Climbers and Stadia. So first off, thank you very much, Consino. We really do appreciate it. Um Lloyd is typing and I'm guessing you're looking it up because I don't remember. I mean, are you talking I'm, about, I, I assume that he's talking about when they talked, when they mentioned sky climbers in the, this week in stadia thing, is there something new? Cause that was a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm looking, I don't see any new news other than the fact that it was included in kind of like their, their indie wrap up where there was the 10 indie games they wanted to show off. I, I'm not seeing anything new. It's possible that I missed whatever, 
uh, big news popped up. Um, the, the most recent thing I'm seeing is from three weeks ago. So it's very possible that I am um, missing something. Well, so he's saying it's just the mention. So I guess he just wants to know what are your what are your thoughts about sky climbers? I I love the thought of playing sky sky climbers. I love the thought of playing a a vast three D uh, Pokemon game where you could build a uh, you you could build a world and adventure with your friends and do all that stuff. And the fact that you can do it on on Google Stadia is going to be a great thing. I I backed this on Kickstarter and I chose a Stadia key. So whenever I get into the game, I'm going to be uh, super excited about playing playing this one. Um, I. I'm keeping my expectations in check about Sky Climbers because it is an, an indie game and it looks like it's such a, a vast, huge world that they're trying to make. Um, but I'm really excited about uh, checking this game out when it finally launches. And I'm there with you. It like I don't have a problem with indie games, but if I worry that that we'll end up with a world that feels empty because yeah. it's hard to fill these vast worlds. Um, yeah. But overall, I think it looks really good. I love the art style. I like the idea of the Pokemon aspect to it. I like the... I, everything about it seems really cool. I feel like so far it's pretty light on details. And that's what makes me nervous. But, you know, if they take their time and they don't rush and they release it when it's ready. Look, you know, you want to talk about an indie game that it has a, a vast open world for you to um, explore that has been done right. Look no further than Valheim. That yeah. That's a dev team of like six people. And they <laughs> made th this game and it's an amazing experience. So can Sky Climbers do the same? Absolutely. Absolutely mm -hmm. they can. And I hope that they do because I think that that, that game looks really promising. Fingers crossed. It just looks like, you know, kind of ambitious for an indie team. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah exactly. I, I'm, I'm really excited about it. I, I want to see more. I know they're uh, moving towards uh, getting in the PC beta. So we'll probably get a lot more information about what the game is. Um, but uh, but yeah, it looks it looks pretty amazing for an, an, a small indie dev team to be making a game this vast with um, with different servers and standalone servers and and all the stuff. Um, I, I'm I'm definitely excited about it, but I'm keeping my expectations in check for sure. All right. That's it for this episode of Stadia Cast. Thank you very much, everybody, for hanging out with us, Lloyd. Uh, any any parting words as we end the recording? No, it's now May. Uh, May is my birthday month. I'm I'm uh, my birthday's on the 25th of May. So I'm hoping to do a large birthday stream. I've taken time off work as I tend to do. I take time off on my birthday week. Uh, so I'm hopeful that May 25th, I'm going to do a large stream here on the NerdNest channel. Uh, what I need is community members to tell me what you want to see me play. Do you want to see me play something scary and um, stuff that's going to make me sweat? Uh, do you want to see me make my way through a bunch of different games? Uh, I'm leaving it up to the community to let me know what they want for this grand old birthday stream uh, when I when I do uh, get one year older in one, one more revolution around the sun uh, on the 25th of this month. And you might not know it by looking at us, but Lloyd is older than I am. And <laughs> I am the younger one, yeah, which you can't tell because my beard has a lot of gray in it. 
All right. It's, it's because I live in Canada and we're always frozen. So my, my skin is just frozen in the same place <laughs> it was when I was a child is what it is. Well, there you go. All right. Take it easy, everybody. Thank you very much for listening to Stadia Cast, And we will see you next time. Bye-bye.